Euzu billahi mineşşeytanirracim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi rabbil alamin. Vessalatu vesselamu ala seyyidina Muhammedin ve ala alihi ve sahbihi ecmaîn. Allahumme allimna ma yanfa'una ve anfa'na bima 'allamtana ve zidna ilman nafi'ah. Allahumme erinel hakka hakkan varzukna ittiba'ah. وَأَرِنَا الْبَاطِلَ بَاطِلًا وَرْزُقْنَا اِجْتِنَابًا رَبِّ اِشْرَحْ لِي صَدْرِي وَيَسْتِرْ لِي اَمْرِي وَحْلُ الْعُقْدَةَ مِنْ لِسَانِي يَفْقَهُ قَوْلِي Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Welcome to the Reflections on the Risale-i Nur by Bed-Uzzaman Said Nursi podcast series. This is Mustafa Tuna. You can listen to the episodes of this series wherever you listen to your podcasts or at the website www.reflections-rn.org. Please subscribe to the podcast so that you can receive the episodes on a regular basis. In this episode, inshallah, we will continue reading the 19th word and we will be reading the last section of this treatise, which is the 14th droplet. Ustad Nursi has organized this treatise into small sections called droplets and this is about the messengership of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam the entire 19th word is the 14th droplet is going to be about the quran now you know we have been talking about the prophethood the messengership of prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam why are we talking about the quran here in the 14th droplet well, I guess it's obvious, right? He is the one to whom the Quran was revealed. The Quran is his uh, greatest and enduring miracle. The message that he brought to the world was the message of the Quran. And his mission is completed with the uh, with him conveying the Quran and human beings receiving this that message and living a life accordingly so the quran and the prophet وسلم, cannot be separated from one another as aisha was asked about the character of the prophet وسلم, she said do you not read the quran his character was the quran he was the quran embodied Quran embodied that was the Prophet and he is also the interpreter of the Quran for us the Quran is the eternal speech of God eternal address of God but to understand it in human terms to apply it to our daily lives we need it we needed a prophet a messenger a teacher who would teach us the Quran so that's why it makes perfect sense for Ustad Nursi to finish this treatise with the 14th droplet. Now, uh, the 19th word is a, in a sense, a revised uh, version of an er earliest, earlier uh, treatise that Ustad Nursi had written in Arabic. And whenever we read these droplets, we read the corresponding section from the that earlier treatise by way of a commentary. Uh, however, the section that corresponds to this droplet, this section is too long, therefore we will not do that. Um, but from the very beginning, we should say that the 14th droplet is also, in a sense, a precursor of 
a later treatise that Ustad Nursi wrote and that is one of the longest treatises that he wrote that is the 25th word and that is about the miraculousness of the Quran so here we will have a beautiful description of the Quran and then uh, a few examples of its its uh, miraculousness and then we will leave that there inshallah so bismillah the 14th droplet Mahsen-i Mucizat ve Mucize-i Kübra olan Kur'an-ı Hakim, Nübüvvet-i Ahmediye aleyhissalatu vesselam ile vahdaniyet ilahiyeyi o derece kati ispat ediyor ki, başka burhana hacet bırakmıyor. Biz de onun tarifine ve medar-ı tenkid olmuş bir iki lemâ-i icazına işaret ederiz. The wise Kur'an, which is a vault of miracles and the greatest miracle, proves the Ahmadan prophethood والسلام, and divine antitative oneness with such a degree of definitiveness that it leaves no need for other demonstrations. We too will point to its description and a few flashes of its miraculousness that have been subject to criticism. So we have been talking about the, uh, the indications, the evidence, the proofs of the messengership of the Prophet Muhammad and as we also you know, said at the beginning the Quran is his greatest and enduring miracle and therefore this is um, the place to look at to see if this man who lived flesh and bone who lived uh, in the 7th century 6th and 7th centuries of the common era was he really what he said he was so where do we look we look at his his work what he left with us what he left to us right and I mean, it is not his work in the sense that we attribute works to human beings because it is god's speech he conveyed it right but for somebody who is um who is coming to this with any preconceived notions right just seeing this man who says that he is uh, the messenger of God and then he has a book that he brought from God so let's look at the book he has a letter from the Sultan let's look at the letter does it look like it is the Sultan's letter does it look like it is what he says it is and when we do that we see that wow yes mashallah it is it is and it is such an indication such a demonstration of what he is saying that after we see this we, we we actually don't need any further demonstrations and indications but what it is is important to understand what is the quran so that's where ustad nursi is going to begin with here he will give us a a beautiful description of the uh, Quran which will then also guide his you know later articulation of the matter in the 25th uh, word inshallah işte Rabbimizi bize tarif eden Kur'an-ı Hakim so the wise Quran which makes our Lord known to us so that the, the the very beginning of the sentence we go with a with a very important aspect of this description the Quran is a book that makes our Lord known to us, that tells us about our Lord, that informs us about our Lord. It is the most certain, 
most certain source of information about our Lord now of course for those who uh, believe for those who admit that this is a true source of information because otherwise you will not be able to benefit from the effusions that are coming from the the, the Quran um, to admit you can take a look and you know see its miraculousness and have that conviction have that verified understanding but once you believe once you start to read it as your Lord's message then it starts to to to to illuminate your intellect and your heart and it becomes the source that it is the message is clear and open and available to everybody but the degree to which each and every human being benefits from it is measured by the degree to which they respect it they have faith in it they hold it up they um, bring it into their lives they follow its injunctions they engage it so the wise quran which makes our lord known to us is um, it's a relatively long list of identifications i'll read the turkish first and then uh, go through the english english one by one inshallah şu kitabı kebiri kainatın bir tercümeyi ezeliyesi şu sahai fi arz ve semada müstetir künuzi esma-i ilahiyenin keşşafı şu sutur hadisatın altında muzmer hakaikin miftahı şu alemi şehadet perdesi altındaki alemi gayb cihetinden gelen iltifatat-ı rahmaniye ve hitabat-ı ezeliyenin hazinesi şu alemi maneviye İslamiyenin güneşi temeli hendesesi avalimi uhreviyenin haritası zat ve sıfat ve şuun-ı ilahiyenin kavli şarihi tefsiri vazıhı burhan-ı natıkı tercüman-ı satıı şu alemi insaniyetin mürebbisi hikmeti hakikisi mürşid ve hadisi hem bir kitabı hikmet ve şeriat hem bir kitabı dua ve ubudiyet hem bir kitabı emir ve davet hem bir kitabı zikir ve marifet gibi bütün hacat-ı maneviyesine karşı birer kitap ve bütün muhtelif ehli mesalik ve meşarip olan evliya ve sıddıkinin asfiya ve muhakkakinin her birinin meşheplerine layık birer risale ibraz eden ibraz eden bir kütüphane-i mukaddesedir okay so what is the quran <coughs> it is a book that describes that tells us about our lord that informs us about our lord and then it is an eternal translation of this great book of the cosmos subhanallah what does it mean what is a translation a translation is you have something in one language and then you articulate the meaning of that in another language so that means that this cosmos has meanings in it that's why he's referring to it as the great book of the cosmos and it is a great book the cosmos is a meaningful meaningful um, text narrative book it has meanings but to understand those meanings we need to learn its language we need to we it is coded right it is not in our language it is not in human language it is not composed of phonemes right the sounds or letters it is composed of other things particles composite bodies uh, interactions with, with between things movements it is composed of 
other things and to, we to, we need to understand what all that means so that we can receive the message so to understand what that all means we need the code we need something to we need somebody to explain us how to read it so the quran is the eternal translation of this great book of the cosmos so it is also important that you know it's not like the cosmos is written the book is there and then somebody comes and starts to read it and tries to translate no an eternal translation they are harmonious they their source origin is the is the same right they they both come from god the quran comes from god's speech the cosmos comes from god's power and together they come from god's knowledge so the quran is revealed in human language the quran is revealed in human language in, in arabic right uh, but arabic is one of the human languages it is revealed in human language the cosmos is not revealed in human language it is revealed in the form of substances interactions etc etc so in human language god the creator of the cosmos has described us has taught us what is going on in this cosmos what matters in there what is the essential thing that we need to get out of this cosmos and of course those who read the Risale Inur uh, or who have been listening to the episodes of this podcast understand what I'm talking about much better um, the cosmos is very briefly manifestations of divine names and attributes and those divine names and attributes belong to God therefore the cosmos is a manifestation of our lords gods names and attributes and that is where and where or one of the places where we can learn about our lord too so the quran and the cosmos then corroborate one another and prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam corroborates the quran corroborates the message of the the cosmos and the Quran corroborates Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. The cosmos corroborates Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So they each corroborate one another. They are, after all, coming from the same source. The unveiler of the treasures of divine names concealed in these pages of the earth and the heaven. So the same idea, right? Unveiler of the treasures of divine names concealed in these pages of the earth and the heaven now we can look at the cosmos and have an understanding of uh, what its creator or what attributes its creator must have such as uh, it, its creator must have power because there's a, there's tremendous power that is being exerted that is being used in the cosmos whoever created it whoever is sustaining it must have power however however for this understanding to be so clear and for us to have a much more detailed understanding of those names and attributes right we need to be taught so the quran comes and says 
um, that the God is God has power over all things. God is powerful. The Quran says that God is all knowing. The Quran says God is all seeing. The Quran says Allah, God is just. The Quran says um, God is the provider, the sustainer, etc., etc. So we learn these, we learn about these names, and then we look around, and those names are the most essential, central uh, names and attributes that we need in order to understand what is going on in this cosmos in terms of it being a manifestation of our Lord. Now, our Lord's names and attributes are innumerable. We cannot count them, we cannot exhaust them. But those that are given to us in the Quran or, or, or by the Quran, right, are like keys that each open treasures. And then in those treasures, we can find other names, other attributes. Therefore, they are the key. They are the key names. They are the, uh, the, they are the starting point for us. We build other things on them. The key to the reality is hidden under the lines of these happenings. You know, we look around and there are things that are happening, right? There are stars uh, glimmering in the sky in the night. There are trees growing. There are bunnies running around, uh, butterflies flying, leaves falling, clouds passing through the sky, birds, uh, you know, flying and looking like they are being suspended in the air, fish swimming in the water, us human beings talking, interacting, etc. There are things that are happening. Now, without an explanation of uh, the codes that help us understand what is going on here, what the meaning behind all of these things are, we may be bewildered and live in a meaning, meaningless world. And that happened throughout history. For, for those who think that all that is there is matter or sometimes matter and force, they cannot see the meaning in things. But the reality of, the reality of all these things that are happening are higher than matter and force. The tree has a higher reality than the cell, the, the you know the, the composition of cellulose and carbon and know, nitrogen and whatever, uh, bark and stem and wood and fruit and flower and leaf. It's, the tree is more than that. There is a higher reality to the tree. Say it's a beautiful um, blossoming tree, right? In that state, at that moment, that tree, the reality of that tree is the name Al-Jamil, the beautiful. So the tree is a manifestation of many divine names, one of them being Al-Jamil, the beautiful. So these are hidden under, under the lines of these happenings. Why lines? Because we refer to the cosmos as a great book and we refer to the earth and the heavens as pages of that book and now we are looking at the lines on those pages lines written on those pages the treasure of the favors of the merciful one and of the eternal addresses 
that come from the unseen realm that is behind the veil of the seen realm so the seen realm it is what it is it is what it is named it is the seen realm we see we look around and we see this but that's a veil that's not the the be all and all that's not all of it that's a veil that once we recognize recognize it as a veil we understand that there is something behind it right what is behind it there is an unseen realm behind it but it is unseen what are we supposed to do well it is unseen but it is it is still recognizable there are ways to recognize it how well first we need to understand that this veil this screen this curtain is semi-transparent it is not a solid opaque thing but rather it is like a you know fabric with with large holes if we focus on the warp and weft as we mentioned before all we see is you know threads uh, fiber but if we shift our perspective and focus through the holes between those threads then we start to see what is behind it and what is behind it well we are benefiting from what is here in the scene realm and we look around and we see that everything else is also benefiting from what is in the scene realm we need food we are provided with food we need air we are provided with air we need water we are provided with water the tree needs sunlight the, the, it is provided with sunlight the uh, the little shrimp that lives in the depths of the ocean needs uh, nitrogen and heat and there you have a you know hot boiling water coming from the ground and in it it has nitrogen and the heat and whatever else right everything is provided the star in order to um enlighten the the the, the sky needs a fuel say hydrogen it is provided with hydrogen everything is provided so everything is in need and the needs of everything are being provided this is the definition of mercy you you know see that something is in need and you provide it its need and this is mercy so none of us nothing in this cosmos by ourselves deserve anything or can procure anything that we need whatever is coming to us are coming as favors they are coming to us as favors of the merciful one he's he doesn't have to give us anything he doesn't owe us anything whatever is coming is, is coming as pay, favors not, not payments right and the quran is where we start to understand this this this great reality all that that we receive to to meet our needs are favors and those favors are coming from a merciful one what matters here is that we recognize the merciful one what matters here is that when we look at the seen realm we look to see the unseen mercy that is behind it and also in the quran we find the eternal address of this merciful one to us the human beings 
it is not only like he created us in this universe and left us to our own means to figure out what's going on while he has provides the favors but he also explains what is going on it is not the first time he has explained it he has sent prophets and messengers to us the human beings throughout the beginning of the history of humanity but this one this one is the most complete the perfect address it is an address from the one who has mercy on us and who is all-powerful who created everything and has mercy on us the sun foundation and blueprint of the metaphysical realm of islam now islam obviously is a religion right but what is a religion what are we talking about when we say religion right so when Ustad Nursi talks about this metaphysical realm um, one way to understand it or the way that I tend to understand it is put all and of course when we say Islam we are not talking only about uh, the religion that came with Prophet Muhammad in a sense whether the name was this or not that doesn't matter uh, the, the message being the same all heavenly religions that human beings have had since the beginning of their history they're all Islam so Adam السلام, was Muslim he believed in Islam Nuh السلام, Noah was Muslim he believed in Islam Abraham was Muslim he believed in Islam the the religion that God wanted human beings to have what he wanted us to believe what he wanted us to understand and what he wanted us to do after understanding all that right that is Islam so therefore Islam includes this message Islam the metaphysical realm of Islam includes all the believers since the time of Adam السلام, until the end of time Islam includes the Prophet so it's a tremendous realm across across time and space it crosses boundaries of time and space and includes the message and the people who have followed that message and the acts and actions of the people uh, institutions of the people who have followed that message now how are those institutions materializing how do we know what to do how do we know how to interact with one another how do we know how to worship our Lord how do we know um, how to perceive reality and um, take position before it right take position meaning we appreciate it and we glorify our Lord uh, for the, the beauty and majesty and perfection that we see in it we recognize the favors in it and then we show gratitude in return for those uh, favors right all of these all of these are aspects part of that metaphysical reality realm of islam but how do we know if we were left to our own means perhaps according to uh, some scholars we could have and we should have recognized that this realm has a creator and that is a that, that is a singular creator there's only one uh, creator but beyond that 
How could we know what pleases him? How could we know how to, to pray to him, how to worship him? How could we know many other things that are associated with this message and its, its consequences in, in human life? We wouldn't, right? So the sun, the, the illuminator, right? It is the Quran and the precursors of the Quran in the heavenly books and, and uh, scrolls uh, before it and its most perfect form, the Qur'an, that illuminates reality for us, the human beings, and that shows us the way to take, the path to take in our lives, in this reality, the foundation and the blueprint. How do we organize society? Right? How, how do we organize families? How do we organize agriculture? How do we organize trade? How do we build our buildings? How, how do we educate our children? How do we dress? How do we eat? How do we talk? Etc. Etc. All of these, right? All of these are included in that metaphysical realm of Islam, and the blueprint for all of that is in the Quran. We turn to the Quran and in it we find guidance to regulate all of these concerns and questions that come up once we once we uh, ask ourselves the question of so what is this what is this existence that we find ourselves in what am i doing here how should i act what should i do right once we ask these questions we reach from there we reach to the the existence of the creator that whatever we do here has to do with our has has to have something to do with our relationship with the creator and we find the the um essence essentials the foundations of that relationship in the quran the map of the realms of the hereafter and this is another important thing Okay, we are here, we found ourselves here, but is this the be-all end-all? We all have this hardwired notion that this cannot be all of it. We want eternity. We all want eternity. When things part from us, or when we part from this world, we feel like something is missing. At the same time, we look around and we see that there is mercy. The one who created this whole universe is merciful. If he is merciful, then he should be treating I mean, what, what that entails, what we um, move logically from there to, is that he will treat us uh, with mercy. Not once, not for two hours, not for six years, but for ever so we expect that there is something beyond this but what is it what is there beyond this well we look at the quran and he he, he lays out a detailed map or of what is to come from here on the hereafter right we all die and seen from this side of the veil that's the end behind the veil there's a tremendous reality that's that's happening that's there's there is a 
an eternal life that is continuing. We enter the grave. What's happening in the grave? There will be a rising. There will be a time when everything will be resurrected. What is happening between the time we enter the grave and that eventual time when everything here will be demolished and there will be a, a, a new uh, creation and everything will be resurrected? We know that there will be a gathering. We know that there will be accounting. And then we know that, that all those tremendous realities of the Day of Judgment, the how the, the, the pool, Kauthar, the bridge that we are going to, inshallah, cross, and then paradise and hell. Now, that is where we are going to. If you have traveled long distance, and maybe you know for long periods of time, you know that before you go, you do some research. You want to know whether it is cold or warm, uh, you know, what people eat, how people behave there. Uh, perhaps you take a travel guide with you. Perhaps you learn a few uh, words in order to be able to interact with the people where you are going to say you are going to Hungary. Uh, you are going to be in Budapest, right? So you, you want to learn a few words of Hungarian. Uh, at least you want to be able to say that you don't speak Hungarian so that when people try to talk to you, you can convey that, well, I don't know this language, help me out in, in other ways, right? You, uh, you read about the place that you are going to so that you know what to visit, whom to see, what to do there, what to eat. If you have uh, dietary restrictions the way that we Muslims you know, have, you want to know where you can eat etc etc you do some research you want to know what is to come so that you can prepare accordingly now okay we established that this cannot be be be all death cannot be the end of it there is life after death but what kind of a life is that how are you going to how are we going to figure out how to prepare for it what is awaiting for us there right so the quran tells us all of that Alhamdulillah, with the Quran, now we have a map. Now we know what is uh, going to come. What is going to come after death, and we can prepare accordingly. The explanatory statement and clear commentary on, as well as the articulate demonstration and radiant translator of the divine entity, attributes, and conducts. Um, so, a statement explaining God to us, right? The extent, the maximum extent to which we can know about our Lord, that is defined by the Quran in the Quran. It is this statement that explains us, our Lord, and therefore the names, the attributes, the uh, the description, basically, of our Lord that is in the Quran is precious for us. And it doesn't only state it, it also provides a clear clear commentary about it. It, it. it tells us how those names and attributes relate to the reality in which we live, right? And then it provides a demonstration it doesn't just say, but it also provides logical explanations. It addresses our hearts and intellects. 
it says do you not think look at this these are the signs of creation and in the act of creation you find you will find um, knowledge about your creator and it translates radiant translator i.e about those attributes and conducts of our lord and especially his entity are not of the kind that we can readily understand grasp he is the creator we are created we cannot comprehend his entity you know at all but out of his mercy because he wanted to be known he is revealing himself through his, his names and attributes and conducts and their manifestations in the seen realm as as the material world that we live in as things right but once again as we mentioned before all of these all of this coded um coded message needs to be made explicit made legible for us we need a translator who is that translator what is the translator it is the quran the nurturer or teacher the true wisdom the provider of rightful guidance and a guide to salvation for the realm of humanity now okay we um you know once again we found ourselves in this existence in this in this reality we uh, with a pure sincere heart we thought about the matter and we figured out that there has to be a creator uh, here right but where do we go from there how do we understand how things relate to one another right how do we train ourselves to understand uh, this this reality better right where do we where do we find guidance and especially especially uh, since death is the ultimate uh, uh, uh, ultimate end for all of us right we want salvation from this predicament seen from a material point of view right death appears to be the end of it and that is a painful thing that is the human predicament we want things forever how do you find salvation from this what guides us out of the the dungeon that we find ourselves in in this world yes there is a path there is a path uh, that that leads to eternal salvation and eternal felicity right but how do we go there what do we need in order to travel on that path it is not enough to know where the path is we need to be able to travel on it if it goes through a desert we need to know how to uh how to how to economize our water how to take water with us how to find water and economize on it uh, we need to know you know perhaps we need to travel with camels we need to know how to handle our camels if it is if if, if it is a uh, journey that we take with a plane well we need to know how to use a plane or we need to know how to buy a plane ticket if it is by ship we need to know how to sail through the ocean right and this is not only about knowing but also developing the skills this is about building building uh, our capacity right so we need a nurturer we need a trainer we need somebody to or something to explain us 
how things relate to one another in the you know for instance if, if you want if you want to uh, build your muscles you lift weight and you have a you know good diet and you lift weight etc etc now if you take a dumbbell and you know keep lifting it up and down up and down up and down up and down up and down up and down until you're exhausted you might you you might cripple yourself you might hurt yourself right so you need to know what happens if you lift 10 times and what happens if you lift uh, a thousand times what is the optimum how many times should you be lifting in order to build your muscles in the best possible way and then gradually increase increase your capacity this is wisdom this is an understanding of how things work and how things relate to one another so we need somebody or some source to show us the wisdom in this reality so that we can find our way through it through this path that is built into that reality to eternal felicity and the source for that is also the quran in a sense it is the um, user's guide the the manual for, for for for for the for the cosmos for this world that we find ourselves in simultaneously a book of wisdom and sharia a book of supplication and worship a book of command and invitation and a book of remembrance and knowledge and more will be coming about this but very briefly simultaneously a book of wisdom and, and and sharia so we need to understand how things work what the purpose is why are we here etc right we we have the knowledge of that and also we have rules and regulations it it is not you know enough that we understand how things work but sometimes we even if we understand with our intellect even our heart we have lower souls we have uh, instinctive souls that pull us in other di directions we have enemies we have bad influences that pull us in other directions so we need to know boundaries it sets the boundaries so well that if you are traveling on that path to eternal felicity as long as you don't cross those boundaries you are in a safe zone a book of supplication and worship now the way to travel on this path is through supplication and worship god says in the quran that uh, he created us the human beings and the jinn so that we would worship him he also says uh, that you know our worth our value is in our supplication to him our prayer dua uh, to him but how do how would we know if it were not for the quran and the prophet muhammad sallallahu who taught us the quran how would we know how to supplicate god the the heavens is the throne of uh our supplications we we lift our hands we raise our hands to the heavens now it's not because god is over there but that is the direction that god designated for us to turn our uh, supplications so we know that we know what pleases god right we pray five times a day how could we know if it were not for the quran and its translator the prophet muhammad a book of command and invitation so in it in the text of this about 600 page uh, page uh, book we are ordered commanded to do things and not to do things 
if we follow them, if we follow what we are commanded with, and if we avoid doing doing things that we are you know, commanded not to do, once again, with the Sharia, as in the case of the Sharia, we are in the safe zone. We know what to do. We know how to be a worshipful slave of our Lord who is uh, who is our benefactor and who is the only only power who can give us what we need which is eternal felicity and in it is an invitation to to that internal eternal felicity you know you go to a gathering uh, let's say you go to a wedding they ask you like okay where's your invitation because this is a you know, restricted uh, meeting we have food for 1000 people we have 1000 seats that that's that's going to be a big wedding but whatever we have 1000 seats and this is by invitation you go to a concert right it's by invitation so where's your invitation the invitation is in the quran now the difference here is that there is no limit to how many uh, can enter uh, that that uh, that that feast right the feast of paradise there is no limitation uh it's it's the invitation is to everybody it's an open invitation but only those who take the invitation with them will be able to enter and a book of remembrance and knowledge remembrance is zikr in uh, in arabic and zikr in turkish zikr in uh, arabic uh, that is uh, that that is one of the aspects one of the aspects of our worship in this world we need to be in constant remembrance constant awareness of of our lord that is our purpose function in this in this world and we need to know about our lord so that we can remember him we need to know that our lord is the the razak the provider so that when we are hungry and we sit down at the table and we are about to start we remember that this is this is food that this is provision that our lord provided to us so that we eat it as his favor and appreciate it and we glorify him for it we say alhamdulillah we show our gratitude to him the purpose of the food right from a material worldly point of view the purpose of the food is to sustain us but from a higher reality point of view metaphysical in a metaphysical sense from the point of view of a higher reality the purpose of the food is to to to be a uh, to, to, to be a trigger to be a cause for our gratitude that's what god wants from us when he puts the food in front of us when he puts the beautiful flower within our sight in the in the spring that's what god wants from us when the sun is shining in the sky and that that very light fills fills our hearts with with joy gratitude appreciation and gratitude a book addressing all metaphysical needs of the realm of humanity and a sacred library offer, library offering to the saints the voracious and the realizers of reality who follow differing or different paths and dispositions each a treatise befitting their dispositions 
a book addressing all metaphysical needs of the realm of humanity so human beings have needs as you know we know and we have we, we always talk right we just mentioned this too we need food we need water we need air we need company we need this we need that these are material needs but the human being is each and every human being is much larger much bigger much much more than that material thing the body uh, that has material needs we need love we need joy we need peace we need happiness we need um union with our lord we came to this world from another realm in that realm our spirits were all created and gathered in the plains of arafa whatever the you know, reality of that is right the in whatever form that happened we know that it happened uh, based on the hadith prophetic traditions were gathered in the plains of arafa and our lord asked to us am i not your lord and we you know found ourselves in front of our lord and we said gazing upon him, we said bella yes you are our lord and deep inside we are all yearning burning longing pining to meet meet our lord again for a reunion that is the ultimate metaphysical need and then we are in need of lights and effusions that remind us of our lord like you know the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam imagine seeing him in your dream imagine seeing seeing him as you're about to doze off in that state of what they call a yaqadha between you know sleep and uh, wakefulness imagine seeing him while awake imagine visiting him at his grave in medina imagine seeing individuals people who are people of god and when you look at their faces you remember god we long for this too i mean if our hearts are pure to the to the extent that our hearts are pure and we are aware of our reality in this larger reality these are needs for us we have metaphysical needs and the quran the quran is a book a source a compilation a a a treasury where we have all our metaphysical needs met whatever we need it is in the quran now we have to know how to read it how to find what we need in the treasury we enter the treasury it's a huge building a huge room we need to be able to figure out how to find our way around it that's why we need the translator we need the prophet to guide us right but it is the source that is the treasure the treasure is in this in the in the mushaf in this treasury the mushaf the quran is a treasure is a treasury full of these full of the treasure or treasures that meet our meet our metaphysical needs
and a sacred library offering to the saints the voracious and the realizers of reality who follow differing paths and dispositions each a treatise befitting their dispositions throughout history since the time of the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam there have been saints awliya the voracious uh, asdiqa or, or siddiqin and the realizers of rea reality muhaqqiqin individuals people who have excelled in their worship in their recognition of god in their knowledge of god who have traveled that path that we are all in need of and we are all inshallah traveling to that eternal felicity which is attained through the pleasure of our lord right and they have they have traveled in different ways because different people have different dispositions different characters different personalities you cannot impose the same narrow and strict uh, modes of behavior modes of transportation let's let's you know continue with the metaphor on each and every individual so the, the path is broad it's a highway and in that highway all people who have sought with sincerity have found their means of transportation their liquor their remembrance their mode of remembering god their worship their mode of worshiping god now there are basics essentials foundations for everybody that's like the five daily prayers you cannot travel on this path without the five daily prayers but that is the that is the highway within the highway after you finish your you know daily prayers how do you continue doing dhikr of god how do you how do you keep remembering god you do your tasbihat which is in the sunnah which is instructed to us by the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam you recite ayat al-kursi you recite uh, you say uh, subhanallah 33 times alhamdulillah 33 times allahu akbar 33 times so this is also in the essentials but there is more to it there is more to it there is a life 24 hours to live how do we how do you keep remembering your lord and therefore you move closer and closer to him because ultimately that is what you want you want being close to him you want his closeness and the more you remember him the closer you get to him the more you worship him the closer you get to him the more you know him the closer you get to him but once again different people have different dispositions and different personalities and therefore they have different uh different things that work for them the beauty of this is that the beauty of this is that the quran has it all doesn't matter what your personality is like what your disposition is in the quran you can find it all and if you are finding something that is outside the quran forget about it everything you need is in the quran and if something is not in the quran that is not what you need it is a mistaken it, it you can mistake it for 
you know something that can that will take you to your god to your lord but that that would be a deception you cannot find a way to your lord we cannot find a way to our lord outside of the quran and those who have followed it sincerely with knowledge and seriously have all found what they needed and have all found that way to um, to closeness with with god now we have um only covered the beginning of this uh, droplet this uh, section in the 19th word but uh, we are close to one hour and i don't want to uh, begin a uh, a new paragraph because from here on Ustad Nursi is going to explain talk about uh, some aspects of the, the Quran's miraculousness especially focusing on some issues that um, heedless people people who look at the matter superficially with limited understanding have supposed thought uh, are are defects uh, you know god forbid defects in the quran and he takes them and he says look what you assume to be a a, a defect something missing in the quran with your limited understanding is actually an aspect of its miraculousness there's a wisdom in it there's beauty in it and it yields uh, tremendously important tremendously useful beneficial uh, consequences so inshallah we will talk about this but uh, in the next episode because if we start it it will probably go on for another hour and uh, we will limit the we will limit the episode to about one hour subhanaka la ilma lana illa ma allamtana innaka antal alimul hakim وآخر دعواهم الحمد لله رب العالمين الفاتحة